Shabbat Shalom. Greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. It is another blessed, blessed Sabbath. I hope you had a great time on the Shabbat Fellowship this morning, those of you that were there. And those of you that are tuning in live right now in the, in the chat, welcome one another, greet one another, and edify one another with the chat. Please, please, please. We are still counting the Omer. We're going from the barley harvest, animal food, the carnal nature, and counting into the wheat harvest where we become more heavenly, more spiritual-minded. Today, the 21st day of the Omer. We're going to be checking out Acts chapter 17 today. Let's turn there. Maaseh Shlechim, the Acts of the Apostles, the 17th chapter. I'm going to try and keep it succinct this Sabbath and come at you with four, four aspects of Acts chapter 17. Number one, Polytarchs. Yes, I said Polytarchs. Number two, the Paleoponesian War Principle. Yes, that's right, the Paleoponesian War Principle. You're like, what the heck is that? Well, you're going to find out if you stay with me. Number three, the Agent Provocateurs, those, of course, causing trouble in our midst, and the Berean Bible Prophecy. Very simple. Let's delve into the first verse. And traveling through Amphilus and Apophilenia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Yahudim, the Jews. And according to Shaul's custom, he went into them and reasoned with them out of the scriptures on three Sabbaths opening and setting forth that Moshiach must have suffered and to have risen again from the dead, and that this Moshiach, this Yahusha, whom I preach to you, is the one prophesied through the very scriptures. This, of course, was how Rav Shaliach Shaul, Rabbi Apostle Paul here, witnessed and communicated the truth of Messiah to those scattered out in the nations. It's a principle that we should still use today. And how is it done? Of course, witnessing Sabbath-keeping in the New Testament is happening here over a decade after Yahushua's resurrection. Why would we see that demonstrated to us if Sabbath-keeping isn't part of our daily, daily life cycle as we go through the six days and rest on the Sabbath. Here we see that Sabbath-keeping is used as a gospel-witnessing tool. But for many years when I was sitting in the church, I would ponder why we weren't taught this as we would go through the Ten Commandments. And it was made not a commandment but a principle. And my question would be, well, where did it change from a mitzvah to commandment into a principle? I don't see that verse. Of course, that verse doesn't exist. And here we have the witness that Paul is going again, Sabbath to Sabbath to Sabbath, reasoning through the Torah, the prophets, 
to bring forth the full revelation. So there is simply no textual witness to a Sabbath annulment. Can we agree to that? If you were to do a cursory read of the book of Acts, you'd see that there is no textual witness to a Sabbath annulment or any downgrade whatsoever of the Sabbath or any of the commandments of Yahuwah. The very opposite here is, of course, evident in the life cycle. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? The life cycle of believers as we gather in assembly, wouldn't you say? That's how it appears to me. Now, let's look at this city, Thessalonica. I am having problems pronouncing that today. Help me out, Pastor, at the front. Thessalonica. See, I don't know why. It's just not coming on my tongue, so you'll just have to deal with that because I am tongue-tied when it comes to the Greek language today. Now, of course, it was the capital of... Capital? I can't even say capital. What's going on with me today? I haven't had enough coffee, maybe. It was the capital of Macedonia. Macedonia? And there was a council of about half a dozen officials there, and they were classified or called polytarchs. I could say that, can't I? Polytarchs, I like that. They were in charge of governing it all. So this town had a major harbor. Now, of course, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to link that to an admiralty or maritime jurisdiction because I like to. It was a commercial center, admiralty jurisdiction, maritime, dealing in commerce, and they were then able to, what, enslave the people who were then being governed, governed by polytarchs. Because I believe the book of Acts tells us how to act and live out our life in these last days. It is the roadmap for believers to live and thrive in a society that is imploding into slavery because they are submitting to polytarchs and tyranny. And that is found, of course, in the Greco-Roman system of commercial law, admiralty and maritime jurisdiction. And this is what we're going to see. Our modern world, brethren, is fashioned from this idolatrous system. It truly is. Polytarchs, admiralty jurisdiction, the trading, as the prophet Ezekiel says, specifically when he's talking about the king of Tyre, the principalities trading in men's souls, which you see at the end of the book of the Bible, the revelation, where mystery Babylon is on the seas of admiralty, commercial jurisdiction, trading in men's souls. This year, and last year specifically, set in motion the ultimate, what's going to lead to the ultimate trading of men's souls. And you can see it being laid out if you've got the eyes to see and if you've got the ears to hear. Most don't, and they'll go along with it. That's called the broad road that leads to destruction. And that is just the way it is. At some point, we have to shake the dust off our sandals and go to another town to try and find other like-minded believers that are waking up and coming out of mystery, Babylon, or what one would say, 
the matrix, right? Now, I don't want to focus too much on admiralty and maritime subject matter. Instead, <laughs> I want to hone in on the subject matter that is most important. Yahusha. Resurrection. The opportunity of a new start that no matter what comes at you, no matter what happens in your life, you can be resurrected from it. And resurrection is instantaneous. There is nothing too great for Yahuwah. Nothing. If you are his, no matter what comes at you, you can be resurrected from it. And that is the hope that is in me. And that is what we must live in the days that we are now finding ourselves. The subject matter of Yahusha is primary in all things each and every moment of our lives. And if we can maintain the subject matter of Yahusha, then we will be victorious. Now remember, in the Wizard of Oz, of course, Dorothy clicked her heels three times. Of course, Jonah was in the um, whale for three days, the belly of the whale. Of course, Yahushua was in the belly of the grave for three days. And how is this established? Meaning, truth is established by what? Three. Sometimes you have to communicate something three times before you're even heard. You have to go back, you have to go back, and you have to go back, and then finally you'll get a break. Three things here we're going to look at, three points, that Paul, Shaul, is communicating here. He's not going to go once and then walk away. He's not going to go twice and then walk away. He's going to come back thrice, and then there's going to be breakthrough. So don't give up. Don't give up. Number one, Yahusha is the expected Messiah. He is the promise of the scripture. The Hebrew word that is abysmally translated in the King Jimmy here, we miss the whole point and it comes across as Jason. Can you imagine some Hebrew guy walking around called Jason? Hey, Jason, I mean, give me a break. But yeah, apparently there was a Jason. Walk no, there wasn't a Jason walking around. There was Rafa. Rafa the healer, because this is really a teaching about the healing of Yahusha that was prophesied through Scripture, and ultimately, where is the Rapha section of Scripture? Where do we find that? Isaiah 53, by his stripes we are Rapha, healed. So I want to focus in on number one, Yahusha is the expected Rafa, the healer. It's spelled in the Hebrew, Resh Pe Aleph, Hebrew strong number 7495. It is the fulfillment of Isaiah 53. That's the, that's the whole premise of Acts 17, is the Rafa. And you miss it because it's Jason. No, it's not Jason. Where is Jason in Isaiah 53? Non-existent. It's the Hebrew word 7495, the Hebrew word Rapha, spelled Resh Pe Aleph. We're going to hone in on that a little bit today because, of course, this is the fulfillment of the Isaiah 53 passage. And by his stripes, we are Rapha, healed. Number two, 
As Moshiach, he had to what? Become the suffering servant and the Rapha, the Jason, if you will, of Isaiah and the Psalms. Does that make sense? He had to become the Jason, if we're going to use the King Jimmy translation. So Jason here in the scriptures, he was really called Rapha, and that most probably was not his birth name. It was most probably, in my opinion from reading the scriptures, it was a name that he took on because he had received the Rapha, the healing, by his stripes. He was a fulfillment. Yahushua was the fulfillment of the Isaiah 53 prophecy in his life. Therefore, he took on the name Rapha. We miss all of that in the King Jimmy I think it's very important. I'm going to expand upon that a little bit. I'm going to talk about that and relate it today, of course, to healing. Because there are people right now that would like to help in our health and vitality. They're called Rafas. They're called naturopaths. But if they talk about zinc and vitamin D, then all of a sudden they lose their license. But it's okay for others to talk about poisons and toxins that haven't been FDA approved either, that haven't been tested properly, and they don't lose their license because we are living in a luciferic world where the politarchs are leading the masses into destruction and the Rafas are being persecuted. Naturopaths and healers, of course, will be persecuted, but the politarchs are looking to enslave and poison the masses. It's a terrible state of affairs, but there's nothing new under the sun. The Bible, the scriptures, through the Holy Spirit, will tell us and show us how to navigate through these times. Number three, we know that Yahushua had to rise from the dead, and we have to rise out of this dead society if we are going to thrive. You can't stay in this dead society. We have to rise out of it. And you haven't seen death yet. It's coming to the likes of, you know, it's been, the propaganda's already been set in movies, Contagion, World War Z, so on and so forth. It's already been laid out. Of course, that then is social programming. We have another way. Look at the fourth verse. Now, some of them believed and joined themselves to Shaul and to Silas, both a great multitude of the worshipping Greeks and not a few of the chief women. But the synagogue of S.A. 10, those disobeying Yahudim, becoming, they always become jealous, having taken aside some wicked men, I like this translation, the market loafers. What does your translation say? Huh? Evil men. What is your evil men? I like market loafers. Oi, you, you market loafer, get out of here, right? They're a bunch of market loafers, and they were gathering a crowd, and they all set the city up in an uproar. Your translation says, some wicked men. Other translations say, some wicked men of the market 
loafers. I like that translation better. What is this? I'll tell you what this is. This is Grecian Antifa. This is Grecian Lives Matter. I mean, it really is. These are saboteurs in the shadows. That's what it is. These are agent provocateurs. Did I pronounce that right? Okay, thank you. Having trouble with some of these Greek and French words today. And I say that deliberately because we can get all caught up in today's politics and we can think it's something new. And I'm being a little facetious when I say these are Grecian Antifa. This is Grecian Lives Matter. But what am I talking about? Saboteurs in the shadows that go from city to city, mob justice, to provoke market loafers that gather up a crowd and cause the city to come up in an uproar. This has been set by the synagogue of Satan, meaning that globalist agency of agent provocateurs, if you were to use the French term from the French Revolution, there's nothing new. These are mob lowlifes, and they rush to the main house assembly that had been formed that belonged to the healer Rafa. And they were hoping to drag Shaul and Silas out for mob justice. Do you see that happening in our world today? And are the politarchs supporting it? This was happening then. And the only way out of it is by resurrection out of a dead society. And that only comes by the resurrection life that we must live. Otherwise, you're just going to be blind to it. You're just going to be blind to it, and that's the broad road. This is a powerful, powerful time to live and a powerful time to be in the word of Yahweh and have the spirit of Yahweh guiding us. I am more excited about the Holy Scripture today than I have ever been in my life as this world gets more wicked, as it gets harder to navigate, it gets better to be a believer. It gets better. i got to tell you. It gets better to be a believer. Because there's no messing around. There, there is no lukewarmness. There is no room for lukewarmness. In a, it's a time to be crazy radical for Yahweh. That's it. And that's where we thrive. So bring it. Bring it on. I don't care about Grecian Antifa. I don't care about the saboteurs in the shadow, the agent provocateurs. They go then and grab Rafa, the naturopath, if you will, and they drag him out before the politarchs. Do you see that today? There was just a doctor here in Dallas, Oregon. He was dragged out by the politarchs because he was prescribing vitamin D and tonic water and various things or communicating various alternative methods of Rafa healing. But it goes against the words of the polytarchs. Neither have been verified. 
neither have been proven, but there isn't equity, is there? There is no equity. It's injustice. So they go and grab Raphael, the naturopath, and they drag him before the politarchs. They falsely accuse him loudly before the crowds. And there's no recourse, is there? He just literally gets thrown to mob justice. We see this today, the deplatforming of alternate Rafa health practitioners. If you're a naturopath, you better be careful, especially if you start talking about therapeutics. They'll pull your license, you'll be thrown to the judges, and the politarchs will come after you. Intimidation, coercion, or it's the dead society. Let them have it. Let them have it. They'll get theirs. These market loafers may well adapt and recast themselves throughout history, but I'm very aware of who they are, and you should be too. They may recast themselves throughout history, but they always have the same Luciferic principality behind them, using different handlers that work their woke over the ages. Lysander and the Spartans, you saw them working then. Nero and the Romans, you saw them working then. Market loafers, Freemasons, engaged in the stoking of the fires of mass content which of course culminated in the French Revolution. And of course, we've got to remember Trotsky and the stoking of the fires of mass content that culminated in the Bolshevik Revolution. These are the same market loafers that have adapted and recast themselves out throughout history, but they always have the same Luciferic globalist politarchs, saboteurs in the shadows. Now, what are you seeing? Big tech. Big tech. These are today's agent provocateurs, right? Aren't they? Who purposely lure the unread and indoctrinated masses into being their inciting agents against the rest of the populace. Do you see it? They are. Big tech incites the unread and indoctrinated populace as being the masses and inciting agents. They go out there and get these inciting agents then to go against the rest of the populace inciting them to break the law when they may not have done so alone. And you know who was the best at this? Nero. Nero was liege at this type of behavior. They worked their ploy. Look at verse 8. They were successful. Both the crowd and the officials were thrown into a turmoil. Do you see that today? 
Oh, yeah. They work their woke. And it throws the whole society into a turmoil, which then means they can push their agenda forward because the whole world is in a turmoil, emotion and uproar. And hearing these things, verse 8, they troubled the crowd and the city judge. Now, Rafa, the naturopath, right here, we see that he has to postpone. That is, he had to negotiate, listen, he had to negotiate an instrument to pay bail, to secure their promise that Paul and Silas will not commit any such seditious acts in the city. Then, when? Then they let them go. They learned how to negotiate instruments. Make the politarchs, listen, you have to make the politarchs follow their own public policies. You have to hold their feet to the fire. But you can't do that unless you learn what their policies are and then hold their policies to them. Otherwise, you're going to get caught up with mob injustice. You see, those that dwell within the matrix of society will happily exist betwixt birth certificate and death certificate, not questioning anything. They are bonded and branded slaves by the state from birth to death, monetized and monopolized upon the market through bonding, and they don't even realize it. They don't even realize it. We're seeing this in the streets of America right now. It's nothing more than something ripped out of the pages of history. How to implode a society. You don't have to ask a modern-day politarch, well, how should we... Well, Bill Gates, how do you think we should implode society? Well, I don't know, Joe. Um, I don't know how... No, no. Why don't we just go back into history and let's just look at how they did it. Let's just take a page out of the playbook of ancient Greece and do the same thing. Because it's already worked. Four things. Real simple. Number one, check the boxes, okay? Check the boxes and see if this is in play right now. Because this is how ancient Greece fell. Four very simple reasons why ancient Greece fell. Number one, there was slave exploit. Number two, there was the eradication of small producers. Number three, there was extreme personal narcissism. And number four, this is very important, the Peloponnesian War Principle. This is the most important. And number four, the reason Greece fell, ancient Greece fell, was the Peloponnesian War Principle. Listen, the Peloponnesian War Principle is where a war is organized by the states. In Greece's case, it was the states of the Peloponnesian League led by Sparta against Athens. It is a war led by the states. 
In the Grecian formula, it was, of course, led by Sparta against Athens. In our modern case, they are playing these four things. Number one, slave exploit. Number two, the eradication of small producers. That means cut out small business. Destroy them. Number three, extreme narcissism. There's got to be extreme narcissism. That is being played out right before your eyes. Everybody's on their devices. It's all about me. Oh, 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 I've got to do an Instagram feed. Oh, I'll make my, oh, put the right filter on so I look gorgeous. Because, you know, number four, the Polyponesian war principle. A war has to be organized by the states. In Greece's case, it was the states of the Polyponesian League, led by Sparta against Athens. And now, for the full revelation, I hope you can see, it's so clear to me. Our modern case, a war, has been organized by the incorporated 50 states. In, um, excuse me. In our modern case, a war has been organized by the incorporated 50 states and led by the incorporated United States against the Republic of the United States of America and against its 50 union states. Now, some of you are like, what did he just say? Think about it. I'm going to take a sip. I've got to, I've got to sit down. It's too much for me. Oh, my goodness. And while I'm sitting down, think about the Act of 1871. Those of you who've got your browser up, just type it in. It's called the Act of 1871, and we'll jump in there because that's the Polyponesian War principle in play today. The Act of 1871 is... The Polyponesian War principle in play today. The United States is a corporation. There are two constitutions. There are 100 states. There are 50 states of the Union within a republic and 50 corporations within the corporation and its 10 square miles. But you've got multiple generations that are unread, unlearned, and are literally living in the matrix, in a false reality of fiction. And they're happy to exist there. They are happy to exist there. They're, going, they're, they're waiting for Social Security. They're, they're waiting for unemployment. They're, you know what? They make a few crumbs along the way. In 1871, on the 21st of February, Congress passed an act to provide a government for the District of Columbia. What are they trying to do right now with the District of Columbia? It was known as the Act of 1871. With no constitutional authority to do so, Congress created a separate form of government for the District of Columbia a 10-square-mile parcel of land. You can look this up in the Acts of the 41st Congress, Section 34, Section 3, Chapters 61, and Chapters 62. Most won't because they don't care. The Act passed after the Civil War when the country was weakened, 
and financially depleted in the aftermath of the Civil War, it was a strategic move made by foreign agents, the Rothschilds, international bankers, who were intent upon gaining a stranglehold on the coffers of the neck of America. They put the boot to the United States of America. And Congress cut a deal with the international bankers, specifically the Rothschilds of London, to incur a debt to the bankers. Because the bankers weren't about to lend money to a floundering nation with, without serious stipulations being in play, they devised a way to get their foot in the door of the United States. And the Act of 1871 formed a corporation called, in all caps, the United States. The corporation is owned by foreign interests, foreign agents, international bankers. And they moved in and stealthily moved the original constitution into the repository of bygone days, and they began the process of bringing about the kingdom of Tyre in this country. Ezekiel 28, the trading and trafficking of men's souls to offset the debt that was brought about to a nation that had come out of the civil war. And to do that, they had to sidestep the Constitution and bring in a mirror. Not only a mirror of the country as the corporation, the United States, but eventually they would incorporate 50 states that everyone would think were the Union states or the states of the Union better. But they are different entities and under total different laws. And it's all been layered and everybody's being trafficked and traded. Let me go on. Because this is nothing new. This is the trading of men's souls, trading their labor for credits, ultimately to be traded and trafficked in commerce through the filing of the birth bond, the social security bond, and trading a state citizen for a 14th Amendment corporate citizen, a captured slave status. The King of Tyre, Lucifer himself, the Illuminati-controlled system. All of this was brought about in the years right after the Civil War. And this is very disturbing for some to hear about it. But I grew up in a society that was already bonded and traded. To come over to a country that I thought where pilgrims had come to move away from that system. But they brought that system right over here. It's a Vatican, City of London, Washington, D.C., 10 square mile, military, industrial complex. The very thing that they decided to blow JFK's head off because he was going to expose the whole gamut back in the 60s. In Grecian history, 
they used the old, listen, they used the old rivalry between Sparta and Athens to bring about the destruction and implosion of Greek society. They used the old rivalry between Sparta and Athens. And they got the rivalry so invoked and stoked up within the society that they were able to use that to implode society. What could they use in this nation? What is an old rivalry, an old wound that they could peel off and they could put some poison in to get it to, 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 to start to ooze and weep? That everyone would be focused on an old rivalry, if you will, because you have to do that to use the method that they used to destroy the Greeks. And they're doing it right now because it's the same system. You have to pry open historical wounds of division. The Spartans and Athens. Then they're able to stoke up hatred between the two groups. Today we see it with what? Racial division, social class warfare. And then this makes it possible for virtually any reason to cause a war which will bring about the fall of society just as it did back in the days of ancient Greece by stoking the flames between Sparta and Athens. This is a tried and tested roadmap that is being strategically played out before our eyes today. But the educational system in this country is abysmal. That most probably, I would say, 99% of people have never read about the Spartans and Athens and the wars that are in history. Why? Because if you don't know what happened before, they can pull the wool over your eyes today. Because remember... Satan, Lucifer, the globalist system, they can't create anything. They can just what? Copy and paste, if you will, to use a modern term. Look at verse 5. And coming on the house of Rapha, the naturopath, they sought to bring them out to the mob. Jason. Spelt in the Hebrew, Resh, Pei, Aleph, Hebrew strong number, 7495. Of course, he was named, I believed, after the Isaiah 53 passage because he had been healed by the Mashiach who resurrected, and that was his namesake. He took on the name of the healer, Rapha. Now, just as in Antioch and Iconium, in chapter 14, verse 19, in Galatia, these synagogue of Satan, now Grecian Lives Matter mob, follow them to Berea. They are agitators. They will follow them from state to state to cause and incite mob violence. And the politarchs will fan the flames. Will fan the flames. Will fan the flames. This is tried and tested, agitating the crowds and stirring them up. 
in seven, chapter 17, verse 3, you see it right there. And what always happens? Time memorial today. Look at the 14th verse of the 17th chapter. The lukewarm then capitulate to mob justice, don't they? They capitulate to mob justice. Well, we don't want to stir up any more trouble. We'll just go along with the mandates. We'll just go along with the executive orders. We don't want to stir up any more trouble. Sound familiar? It's lukewarm. And he says that he'll spit you out. And in the sixth verse, and not finding them, they drew rougher and certain brothers before the city judges, crying, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too, whom Rapha has received. And these all act contrary to the decrees of the governor of Caesar, saying that there is another king. Yes, there is. And there is another kingdom, and we are citizens of heaven. And that king, of course, is Yahusha. And hearing these things, they troubled the mob, the crowd, Grecian lives matter, in the city. And the city judge, who all supports this whole bunch of mob provocateurs. And taking security from Rafa and from the rest, they let them go. Taking a bail bond from Rafa a negotiated instrument, he was set free. Mm, there's always a way out. If we follow the scripture and we live in the spirit. Look at verse 10. And the brothers immediately sent Shaul and Silas away by night to Berea. They, when they arrived, went into the synagogue of the Yahudim, and these were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and quite a few honorable Greek women and men too. And here, of course, we come into the Berean principle. The Bereans, of course, understood that Paul could not establish doctrine. He would only renew already established Torah doctrine. Because, of course, he understood that it was renewed and refreshed, refreshed, excuse me, by Yahushua's life-giving blood and had been transferred into a higher priesthood. And when we have that understanding, we are set free from the doctrines of men. So now I want to focus on a tree planted by water. And I want to see and show you the doctrine of the tree growing from the Torah through the prophets, the writings, and into what's commonly called the New Testament. It's the acronym Tanakh, Torah, Nevim, Ketuvim. We're going to see now this tree with its root, its trunk, and its branches. And this is how the whole of the Bible works. Because what's called the Old Testament is what is supposed to initiate. And what is called the New Testament is supposed to respond to it. We have an initiator and a responder. An initiator and a responder. 
There is nothing new in the New Testament. It is responding to what was already initiated before. It has been transferred into a higher priesthood and refreshed by the blood of the lamb instead of the blood of bulls and goats. Look at Psalm 1, if we're going to use the analogy of a tree here, at how to get sound doctrine. Well, how now do we live as believers in Yahushua in this modern world? How do we really live? Let's look at the Bible. Psalm 1, and of course, the first verse. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the Torah of Yahuwah, and in his Torah doth he meditate day and night. And if he does that, no matter what comes against him, no weapon formed against him shall prosper, because he shall be like a tree mm, that is planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth its fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's a promise in Scripture to be rooted and planted, not in the world, but in the kingdom. We're to be Bereans, which is an example of a fruitful bough and a fruitfully growing tree. So I want to show you how that tree is initiated in the Torah and begins to grow in the prophets and begins to sprout in the writings and then gives full blossom in the New Testament. Because there is no Old Testament versus New Testament. There is no law versus grace. There is one tree, and it's come together in the hand of Messiah. So if you've got a pencil or a pen and you want to make notes, let's look at this example of a growing tree, okay? The Berean principle, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 2. You shall not add to the Torah the word which I command you. Neither shall you take away from it. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 28. Be careful to hear all these Torah, all these words which I command you, so that it may go well with you and with your sons and you forever, even up to this day today. Deuteronomy 17, verse 18. And it shall be, when he sits on the throne of his kingdom, he shall write a copy of this book of the law before the priests and the Levites. Joshua chapter 22, verse 5. Only diligently take heed to do the commands and the Torah which Moshe, the servant of Yahuwah, commanded you. Do you see the principle of the roots grounded right there? Keep the commandments. Walk in the Torah of Moshe. No contradiction. We have a firmly planted root by the water, the living water, the springs of life. Now, let's go 500 years later and let's see if the tree begins to grow or if it's cut down and we've got some other genetic modified 
tree growing next to it. Because I don't think we're going to find that. 500 years ago, we're going to go to the Nevim, now the prophets. 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 13. And let's see if we have a continued growth. Turn from your evil ways and keep my mitzvot, my commandments, my statutes, according to all the Torah which I commanded your fathers. The continuing growing of the tree. Isaiah 42, verse 24. For they would not walk in his ways, nor did they obey his Torah, and bad stuff happened. Ezekiel 14, verse 6. Repent and turn from your idols, and turn away your faces from all of your abominations. Can you see the trunk now growing? Amos chapter 2 verse 4. For three transgressions of Judah, yea, for four, I will not turn away from it, because they have despised the Torah of Yahweh and have not kept his commandments. That trunk is growing strong, isn't it, from the root? There's no change. It's the same tree. Malachi 2.7, seek the Torah at his mouth, for he is a messenger of Yahuwah Sivot. Hosea, chapter 8, verse 11. Because Ephraim, the ten northern tribes scattered in the nations, that got caught up in Roman Catholicism, the Church of England, Mormonism, the Jehovah's Witness, all this nonsense out here, because they're, they're illiterate when it comes to the Scripture. They just do what the priests, swinging the incense, banging them around the head, tell them what to do. They just follow rote doctrine, and they don't read for themselves, or they cannot comprehend for themselves. Because Ephraim has made many altars to sin. Have you seen the pagan idolatrous altars in a Catholic church? Have you seen that they prostrate and bow down before idols? Gold images, statutes made by the hands of men. Nobody has seen Yahweh face to face, yet they make images and statutes. They pray to the dead. All of the things that the scripture tells them not to do. Martin Luther at least woke up to it. But many today are still following after this because it's not a renewed, born-again faith. It's rote religion, wickedness, demonic principalities that are at work. It's an occult witchcraft. Ephraim has made many altars to sin, Altars shall be to him to sin. But I have written to him a great many things of my Torah, but they were counted as a strange thing. Oh, well, that's the Old Testament. It's Jewish. We don't do that. No, we follow what the Pope says. No, that's what we do. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we, we follow what the vicars of Christ say. We don't actually do what the, the, the Scriptures say. That's insane. You're in a cult. And then we go to the Ketuvim, the writings. And let's see now if that trunk continues to grow. Proverbs 29, verse 18. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he who keeps the Torah, he is blessed. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 7. 
we have acted very wickedly against you. We have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which you have commanded your servant Moshe. Psalm 89, verse 30. If his children forsake my Torah and do not walk in my judgments. This trunk is continuing to grow off of the same root because it's planted by the same waters written in Psalm 1. Now let's see how it changed when Yahushua came. Because of course Yahushua did away with all of that. Let's see what he says. Of course you could turn to Matthew 5.17 and he says, If you say one jot or tittle is removed, you shall be least. I did not come to do away with the Torah of Moshe. I came to bring it to its fullness. And anyone who says that I did so, they shall be called vicar least in the kingdom. Pope least in the kingdom. If they even make it into the kingdom. Of course, John 7 verse 19 builds upon that. Did not Moshe give you the Torah? And yet none of we, not one of you keeps the Torah. Why do you seek to kill me? And when you start speaking truth, people seek to kill you. They kill you with words. False witnesses abound. It's always been that way. Luke 11, verse 28, of course, coming from Exodus, Shemot, verse 24. Blessed are they who hear the word of Yahuwah and keep it. So, so far now, as the branches are starting to bring forth fruit, are they bringing the same fruit that was established at the root, that grew through the trunk of the prophets and the writings? Of course. Luke chapter 16, verse 17. Of course, this is an expansion of Deuteronomy 18, 17. You find it in John 7, 16 and John 12, 49. It is easier for the heaven and the earth to pass away than for one jot of the Torah to fail. Not one of those sowed markings is going to be annulled. So how do whole parts of Scripture just get cast aside? Because you fell for the doctrines of men instead of following the word of Yahuwah. But now maybe, maybe Paul came along and he changed it. Maybe there's some more different fruit that Paul's producing. Let's see. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 17. Of course, Paul writing to Peter, he says, Beware lest being led away with the error of Torahlessness. So, so far, Paul is communicating to Peter, you better be careful. We've got to keep the Torah because otherwise, A, those without Torah, nomia, lawlessness will abound. Romans of course, chapter 3, verse 31. And it builds, of course, in Romans 6 and First John chapter 3. Do we then make the Torah void through faith? Well, now we've come to faith in Yahushua. Is the Torah just annulled and done away with? And Paul says, let it not be. But we establish the Torah. Well, how on earth do we establish the Torah? Because there's a transference of the law and the priesthood through the death penalty payment and resurrection, Rapha, healing, that comes about through Yahushua that brings us justification. Now it's just as if we've never sinned when we're under the blood of the Lamb. That's a status change, isn't it? That's amazing. Paul goes on in the 8th chapter of Romans and the 5th verse. Let's see if he's still producing the same fruit so that the righteousness of the Torah 
might be fulfilled in us. This is the Berean principle of establishing scripture. How to live today. Look at Acts chapter 24 verse 14 where it is written, But I confess this to you, that after the way which they call a heresy, do they call us a heresy? Of course they do. So I worship the Elohim of my fathers, believing all things that are written in the Torah and in the Nevim, the Torah and the prophets. Now, this is the nail in the coffin to kill false doctrine, and I think it's Acts chapter 26, verse 19. Quote, I stand until this day, Paul says, witnessing to a crowd in front of the politarchs of society, I stand until this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying no other thing than those which the prophets and Moshe said. That is the nail in the coffin to false doctrine. We have a beautiful tree in the hands of Messiah that is planted by the waters of life. It is the root of the Torah, the trunk of the prophets, the boughs of the writings, and the beautiful fruit produced by Yahushua and then scattered through the seed of the word by Paul. It is one tree. There is no division in Scripture. There is clearly, we just have to rightly divide the word from secular society Roman pontiffs and a bunch of heretical demons to those of us that are born again and have Yahushua living in us. We are guided by the Spirit and we are guided by his word. But there's always going to be, in the 13th verse, those that come in and try and stir up trouble. There's always going to be those. There's always going to be those in the 16th verse that come, that are awaiting them in Athens. But Paul's spirit was pained within him, seeing the city full of idols. And my spirit, the Holy Spirit, and my spirit testify to the pain in me, seeing our cities destroyed by a bunch of idolatrous, wicked mobsters, being supported by politarchs, as obelisks and all of these pagan monuments are enshrined. People are worshipping demons. And it pains the spirit in a believer to see this happening when cities become full of idolatry and wickedness and politarchs, of course, encourage it all. In the 18th verse, there were certain philosophers from the Epicureans and from the Stoics that met him. And they said, what is this babbler saying? How many times have you tried to witness to family members, try to communicate the truth of the scriptures from the Torah, the prophets, the writings in the New Testament with the revelation of the Sabbath, the feast, the Moedim, and they're like, oh, you just, you're just a babbler. Well, oh, that's just a heresy. Or you're caught up in a cult. No, you're in the cult. The cult of mobsters 
and the Illuminati and a Luciferic system where you follow the doctrines and teachings of men, but you will not keep the commandments of the living Yahweh. What's wrong with these people? Well, they're a bunch of goat demons. Oh, they're white and fluffy and they're trying to pour, pass themselves off as believers. But they're goat demons. They care not about the truth of Yahweh. They care not about the resurrection and the life to come. They're all into this world, trying to get their pound of flesh while they're here. Let them have it. They're foreign demons. Paul's not an announcer of foreign demons. They're announcers of foreign demons. Paul preached the resurrection. That's what we're to preach. And we're to live a resurrected life. As the world is dying, we live a resurrected life. Look at the 22nd verse now, and we come down into the 22nd and the 23rd verse, and we find that Paul says, and he was standing in the middle of the Arab. Oh, how do you pronounce that? I don't know. In the middle of the market, right? And Paul said, men, Athenians, I see that you are fearful of the gods in everything. They were superstitious. For as I passed by you and I saw the things you worship, I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Not knowing then whom you worship, I make him known to you. Now Paul goes in, not into specific, specific or special revelation of the word, but general revelation. And through that general revelation, he's able to find common ground. And through general revelation today, we can find common ground with people if they have a heart for truth. If they don't, you'll see it apparent and clear. They'll be into the doctrines and teachings of men, and you'll be like, shake the dust off your feet and go somewhere else. But general revelation, not specific cause, or special, because many people are unread and unlearned in the scriptures. So they'll be like, well, I don't know. I've never read the Bible. But general revelation, general re revelation. There is a creator. We are created beings. We live in his creation. Look at the beauty of the creation around. This is the body temple. It's not made with human hands. He doesn't dwell in a temple made by hands. We are the temple, as Paul communicated to the Corinthians. And that we are living men and living women. We're not corporate fictions. Don't become surety for a stranger. Don't do such a thing as that. You'll make yourself a slave. You put yourself into commerce. He puts the breath of life in us. We are the breath of life comes out of us. We are living, breathing humans, the living man and woman. You're entitled to be able to walk and travel wherever you want, free of obstruction, and to be able to breathe. That's just human decency and it's only a luciferic occult system that's going to twist those four basic principles of general revelation no there isn't a creator we are human inventors and we can create something far better with artificial intelligence 
vaccinations and poison will make humanity 2.1 because we serve a foreign God. Number two, a temple made not with hands? No, we're going to make our own temples. It's going to be artificial intelligence, hybridizations of human beings, humanity 2.0 because we serve Lucifer. That's what they're doing. Living man? No, you're all going to be dead men walking. You're going to have a death sentence pumping through your veins because we created it. We haven't tested it. We're testing it on you now without your knowledge. And you gave us full consent, you idiots, because you are a bunch of serfs. And we made you frightened. We instilled fear and propaganda just the way we've been doing it for thousands of years. And you bought it, didn't you? And now you're a walking dead man. And number four, you don't have the right to breathe. What are you talking about? Who on earth do you think you are? We're going to suffocate you at will. And you're going to love it. You're going to love it. This is the world of Lucifer. And that is the broad road of destruction. It's a mind bomb. I tell you, general revelation, most care not. They would rather go after occult indoctrination, which will invert four basic principles of general revelation. There is a creator. This is a body temple that you have the right to steward. You're a living man. You're a living woman. You're not a corporate fiction. Don't become surety for a fiction, for a stranger. Stand up. And you have the right to breathe. Don't let people try and suffocate you with their mandates and their occult luciferic realm. They're trying to move into humanity 2.0. It'll be World War Z. Because they've already set everybody up for it. You're already seeing this played out. But this is nothing new. This is how the Grecians imploded society. It's a step manual in history. Sparta versus Athens. The Peloponnesian War Principle. That's my takeaway on Acts chapter 17. Some of you are going to go, how on earth did you get that in the 17th chapter? Well, I was born for such a time as this. And this is such a time as we're living. And I hope that it blesses you and helps you to navigate a little bit better in this world. Because ultimately, it's the hope of the resurrection and the resurrected life that enables us to see clearly in these days and times. All right, we'll have a little bit of a chit-chat, see if we can get in here. If you want me to um, see you in the chat, then please redline me. Redline me in the chat. we got live chat here. Let me refresh the screen. Thank you all for the support of the ministry. 
It's a blessing. We're in the 21st day of the Omer. We're counting from the barley harvest into the wheat harvest. And remember, if you've hung this long, you've done great. Give us some thumbs up and subscribe to the channel, the ministry. Get that notification bell going. Because we're live every single Sabbath, Yah willing. Let's have a see what you've got in the chat today. Psalms 1, Torah is a met says, glad to be part of this phenomenal cult. Oh, well, thank you so much. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. The Libby Tube is banging up the scriptures there. Shabbat Shalom, Libby down there in Louisiana. Second Peter 3.17, she's putting the scriptures up right there. Thank you so much. That is such a blessing for people to um, see that. We've got Emissary of Elohim. Thank you for the good word. Yes, Matthew is fired up today. Ooh, so fun. 45 Kimba, 100, 100, Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Ah, yeah, this is a, this is a great one. Yahira, Yahira, I like that. Yahira Gonzalez. Wow, to think once Matthew says he was so scared to speak and would have quiver in his voice. Look at what the Ruach does to a man that sips, submits. Hallelujah. Inspires me a lot. That is so true. I mean, I, I remember them pushing me forward at boarding school in a public speaking competition. Oh, I was terrified. Terrified. And then the first time that the pastor at Calvary Chapel says, I want you to speak on Sunday. You know, teach to the congregation. And I, I, was no, I said no. And the Holy Spirit, boom, you deny me before men and I will deny you before my father. I was like, okay. I count it all as loss. I'll go make a fool of myself. And now I do every single day. I love it. Praise Yahweh. Hallelujah. Truth like Velcro. Shabbat Shalom. 45. Kimber. Shabbat Shalom. Much more truth. Who's got the Kool-Aid? Shabbat Shalom. Chris in FEMA Region 4, he says he's got the Tang. He got Tang. He got Tang. I don't know if I've had Tang. Shabbat Shalom. Linda George, thank you so much for the book of poetry. It is by my bedside and I'm reading it every night. You are such a blessing, Linda George. Thank you for your letters, for your support and your love and blessing, she says. Beautiful time of fellowship today. Praise Abba for the 21st day of the Omer, a true spiritual power trip. Chris is saying, look, there is no cult here. It's just the priesthood. There you go. I love it. Truth Like Velcro is hoping that we'll get some sponsorship from NASA. I don't know. I just don't think they will. I just don't think they will. Now they're all talking. Now you guys are all talking about Tang. Tang, Tang, Tang. Kevin Niebling, Shabbat Shalom, brother. Diesel Grandpa, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for fixing my gate, Diesel Grandpa. I just figured that out just a few days ago. I'm like, wow, it looks amazing. Moshe didn't tell me. Thank you, Diesel Grandpa and Giant Killer. Super blessing, super blessing. Thank you very much. All right, what else we got here? 
Oh, so you guys are busy. Yeah, Diesel Grandpa, 45 Kimba. Chad in Texas. Matthew Wood would really love an in-depth study of Zechariah 11 sometime. Shabbat Shalom or Shabbat Shalom to you, Chad, in Texas. That's a good one. We're coming to the end of Acts here, and I was wondering, where shall Yahweh take us next? Where shall Yahweh take us next? 45 Kimber, it's telling us the door of the ark shuts tonight. The ceiling is... I, I would love it if it would actually just shut tonight and we could just get into the ceiling and move forward in the prophecy. I mean, how, how long do we wait? We wait. We have the patience and the endurance of the saints, right? That's what we have to do. I tell you, Shiloh, Shabbat Shalom. Well, that just happened. It looks like an answer to George Orwell's Maritime Laws 1984 is the Constitutional 1776 Revolution. He's speaking in parables again. It's Shiloh. Giant killer, thank you for the good word of edification made for such a time as this. I tell you what, it's a new season. It was a new season. Storms are here. Storms are here. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom. All right. There you go. Look at that. Grecian lives matter. Who said that? That was in sea blue. Sea blue. I tell you it again. What did I say that phrase was? The, 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 the market loafers. Market loafers. That's it. Much more beauty. Shabbat Shalom. Much more beauty. And she says, Shabbat Shalom, let the cold winds blow and the storms rage all around. Yahweh is the shepherd of our hearts. I love it. And 45 Kimba, all glory to the Lamb. That is right. Now, Chris Warnke's coming up with a new one here about Tang is a precursor chemical for COVID-19 vax. Well, at least you're thinking, thinking straight in my book. Oh, there you go. Here's a quote from George Orwell from Karen Long. Shabbat Shalom there, Karen. In a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Right. Oh, you guys are busy today. Baruch Hashem, Yahweh. I should be, Cloette clan. Matthew, you're wearing a kilt with a snazzy vest, dressed for combat, and you slew the giants today. This vest, actually, with the burgundy and a kilt, would look pretty sweet, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right. Send me a link out of a very good kilt shop. I want it to be a real proper Scottish kilt with all the trappings. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. We'll make it the official, the official, um, you have to wear, you can't come to the feasts, <laughs> men, unless you're wearing your kilt, your priesthood. We'll have a Mount Keatsetic kilt, all right? Okay, we'll take donations for that. Oh, good grief. You'd look good in a kilt, old Donny. Yeah, we'll send you back down to the church and minister to the pastors and see what they think of that. And instead of shaking the dust off your feet, you can just... Uh, 
Show them what's under your kilt and walk on out. All right, enough nonsense. McCarty clan says Shabbat Shalom. Oh, she doesn't say Shabbat Shalom, but I know she meant Shabbat Shalom. Shalom Shalom, she says. What are the pros and cons, in your opinion, if D.C. becomes the 51st state? It's not going to come the 51st state. They can't because that is the corporation. Ten square miles. They'd lose all of their jurisdiction. It's just a ruse. It's a ruse. It's not going to happen. It's a ruse. It's a ruse. Oh, wow. When are we all going to get together again? Where are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? Because uh, I just missed all the fellowship. And I know you all do, too. What a blessing that we can be together in the chat. We can be together in the comments section and make the connections better. Go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and gather together in the Shabbat groups, okay? You've got the Shabbat fellowship. You've got men's prayer. I'm going to forget somebody, of course, here. You've got women's prayer. You've got all kinds of groups going on six days a week at TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. That's how we stay in touch with one another. And then you can sign up for Telegram and then you can communicate without big Google and all those devils trying to... Um, capture your conversations right because you know big tech is spying on us so we don't like any of that do we um tara a malak in the name of yahuwah my abba yes look into it very good 45 kimbers saying fast fast what Mr. Niebling's giving us a laugh out loud. I remember when my wife first saw that, she thought it meant lots of love. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 honey, it doesn't, it doesn't. But, you know, to the pure in heart, all things are pure. Oh, you're in a desert at a wedding party, 45 Kimba? Oh, in the future, prophetically. I see, okay. Jose, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Mary Trotter is laughing. Good job. Giant killer. Shabbat Shalom. And my potato munchkin. She, um, potato munchkin is learning a lot here. Super cool. Baruch Hashem. Hallelujah. The Libby Tube's doing a me too. What's that all about, Libby? What do you mean, me too? I think you're on the wrong channel. I'm just, I'm just having a fun, just having a fun. And of course, Chris in FEMA Region 4 had to bring a weapon into the whole picture, didn't he? I wear a SIG in my kilt. Oh, we already knew that, Chris in FEMA Region 4. <sighs> oh, I love it. Okay, Donna Worrell, Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, blessings and blessings and blessings above. Stay, stay strong, stay strong, everybody. Keep the faith, keep the connection, stay in the word, stay in prayer, and stay in the leading of the Ruach HaKodesh. I mean, we are living in an amazing time, biblically, prophetically. I mean, it truly is. We have to stay strong in the faith. Okay, remember... When we left Egypt, we had Pharaoh and the chariots coming down on us all around. Mountains on the left, mountains on the right, the sea right before us. Everything that you can see, right, is saying this is reality. Th there is no escape. 
everything that you can see with your eyes. You hear the clattering sound of the chariots. You hear the war cries. You hear all this propaganda all around. But we have a small window. It's called the resurrection hope. And we stay focused on that. And then there's an expansion of reality that we get to walk through. But it closes to those of a little faith. Keep the faith. Focus on the resurrection because it's the resurrection that is the only way, the truth and the life. And the resurrection has a name and his name is Yahushua, my savior, your savior. He brought us this far and he shall not leave us in Egypt. He's bringing us out and you're going to be the people that are going to testify to his greatness all the days of your life into the resurrection and we'll sit down with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and they will, the prophets will inquire, it says of the scriptures. They will inquire and they go, how did you live in that time? Well, well let me tell you. And we'll be, well, how did you live in that time? I mean, I want to know, Abraham, I want, could you just tell me what it was like when you picked up a club and just beat the tar out of Terra's idols. Because when I did that, they arrested me. Did you get arrested and they not put that bit in Genesis? Because when I did that, I got arrested. And he'd be like, oh, well, I got arrested too. That's how I imagine it'll go. And we will spend eternity telling stories like that. So stay strong, stay in the kingdom mindset, because Yahweh is with his people through the power of the Holy Spirit. Give us some thumbs up. It helps. When you give the thumbs up, we cross-populate through this Google demon. Because even Yahweh is over the principalities and it can pluck one soul out because it will come up on their stream. And all of a sudden they're plucked. Oh my goodness, I heard the message. And there you go. So you can affect change. For the kingdom, give us some thumbs up, subscribe to the ministry, and we pray we'll see you on Shabbat Fellowship next week or on the Calendar Club on Friday night or on the men's prayer, women's prayer. Go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and connect with one another, love one another and lift one another and me and the brethren up in prayer. Shabbat Shalom.